You're listening to Of Slights and Men with Benji and Jacob. A Daily Magician Production. Hello and welcome back to Of Slights and Men. I'm absolutely honored to be joined by a very special guest who is based out of Chicago, I think. Um, his name is Ryan Plunkett. I hope I said that right. I think I did. Um, he has been performing for the past two decades. Um, you're a founding uh, ensemble member as well as a regular performer at Chicago Magic Lounge. Um, you're also a highly sought after magic consultant, magic creator, and lecturer. Uh, you published three books, um, all of which have been highly successful on the art of magic. Uh, and you're also a regular performer at the world famous Magic Castle. Um, so there's your intro. <laughs> How are you doing today, Ryan? How's your day been? <laughs> good. That's so formal. Welcome. I feel welcomed. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. It, it's always like, I don't ever know what to do on the intros because as an English person, it's like we don't ever do them, but. In America, it's good. And also for podcasts, it's, you know, it's nice to know who's there. People don't know who you are. But um, <laughs> yeah, here we are. Um, here we are. So, I mean, let's just get out of the way. Um, how did this journey begin for you? What, where, where did magic start for you and why oh, magic, I guess? <laughs> I think that's the question we always wrestle with, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I started magic really young. I, I feel like that's a, a lot of our common stories. I started... Uh, probably about five years old, I got a magic kit. It's the classic tale. Uh, and it, it's one of those things you do as a kid and you you play with. And then I think in about high middle school-ish, uh, my dad started taking me to magic conventions. I grew up in Dallas, so TAOM was my local convention. So I would, uh, every year it'd be like our father-son, you know, getaway. So we started going to these magic conventions and it, started to really take a look at it. And then in high school, I, I started working at a magic shop on the weekends and I started performing at uh, you know, a baseball stadium doing magic at night. Uh, and so I, I was constantly, you know, in this magic world growing up. Uh, and so after college, it just kind of, you know, I moved to Chicago, I met the right people, you know, lightning kind of just struck in a bottle and I, I kind of, you know, fell back into it full steam ahead. That's kind of the <laughs> the real yeah, fast version of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of intricacies in between. Mm -hmm. But um, how? So you were studying in Chicago then? Is, is, like you were, you took did your degree before magic, or was it kind of drawing that you found everything? Yeah, so I I went to school in Oklahoma City. I I studied yeah. lighting and sound design for theater, and so in in college, you know, most of my focus was you know, mostly on, on, you know, theater and on, in lighting design and sound design and, and really exploring those worlds and those concepts. And, and I, I practiced magic. I did magic on the side and, you know, I, I never, I never strayed from it, but I wasn't, you know, actively pursuing performing, you know, day to day. It wasn't, you know, my main focus. Um, and there's a I, Oklahoma city. That's where I met like Lance Pierce. And so I, you know, there was a community out there, but mostly my focus was just on, on theater and, and design at that point. Yeah. So I'm interested to hear about this, but why, why like lighting and, and sound? Cause I, I saw that on your Instagram and I was like, Oh, lighting and sound designer. Like what does, what does that entail? 
uh, and Tales a lot. I, I started doing it in high school. I, I was lucky enough to work for my school district as like a, a student employee. So we would set up the theater and set up microphones and set up the lights for all the shows. And something that I was just mm-hmm. kind of fascinated with, just, just the production of putting on a show, how much more to it it is than just, you know, what you see in front of you on stage. Right. There's, there's so much beyond that. And so that kind of fascinated me. And so, you know, going to college, I didn't really know where to, to jump into, but I knew I loved theater and I knew I loved that aspect of theater. So I, I kind of explored, you know, the, the design aspect of it, uh, you know, telling story through, through lighting and through sound and how important that can be to a show. And I was fascinated by that. Uh, and so after college, I, I moved to Chicago to, to do those things. And I worked, you know, doing lighting and sound in the city at you know a bunch of theaters and then you know those skills kind of coalesced with you know the the founding of the magic lounge and you know i could offer more than just doing magic i could also you know offer uh lighting expertise and sound expertise and you know putting on a show and it's just kind of this you know perfect moment where all of these skills were coalescing into just this you know this wonderful output of of creative energy you know what i mean Right. Yeah. That must have been really cool to just be like, oh, these, these do go together. Like, uh, you know. Yeah. I, it, I, it, it, yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, a, it's, I mean, I saw some pictures of like the actual lounge and it does look pretty spectacular. Um, so, I mean, how much, so, I mean, how much were you involved in that then? I mean, like, was it a lot of your work that went into kind of like the lighting and just like the sound and how everything kind of looks and feels in there as far as that side of things goes? Yeah. Um, so there's this, uh, a man named Joey Cranford and he, it's, the, it's his, you know, brainchild, the lounge. And so when I first moved to Chicago, I met Joey and, uh, you know, we just, I had this thirst to do, to do theater and to do magic again. And he was starting up this weekly show at, uh, at this local space that was starting up. And, you know, I, I slowly started doing less theater gigs and I started spending more and more of my time with Joey and, and helping him run this, this weekly show. And eventually, you know, this, this ensemble of characters, this show became, you know, it took hold, it became successful. Uh, and so we started doing it two days a week and then we started doing it three days a week. And then, you know, lightning struck in a bottle again. And, that we, you know, we built our own space off of that. So now we have this, you know, dedicated, beautiful venue in Chicago to do magic, you know, seven days a week. And so opening up that new space, uh, you know, I was, I was very involved with, you know, the lighting and the, the look and the feel of the place and, Mm. uh, in all aspects, it's hard. We did, you know, it's a small crew. So we, we did so much, uh, on, on such a grand scale. I interrupt this podcast to give a brief shout out to our website, thedailymagician.com. If you haven't already signed up for our daily emails that will give you great content just like this podcast, please head over there and sign up now. That's thedailymagician.com. We promise that we won't disappoint you. Yeah, I bet. Because I mean, it's like when it's a few of you starting up, it's like, mm-hmm. I remember it's, it's kind of funny, like when I look at like other companies and you're like, oh, you actually have like a whole department that just does like lighting or like, oh, you actually have like a whole department that just does like advertising. It's like, oh, like when mm-hmm. you're starting up as like a small group of people, it's like, oh, we just kind of do. All yeah. That. When, when, <laughs> when you're doing a weekly show, it's, you know, three of us doing everything. 
but now that it's become, you know, this big thing now, yeah, now you have these people who are, you know, highly specialized in what they do and they're fantastic at it. And now it's become the, you know, this big, this big machine. And now I'm just, you know, thrilled to be a part of it at this point, you know, it's mm -hmm. at, a, at a certain point, it becomes bigger than yourself. Right. Yeah, that's the point where you want it to get right, where it kind of just goes off by itself and does its thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, so I'm interested about that. I mean, there aren't many places, right, where you can actually go and have an experience um, like the Chicago Magic, uh, Chicago Magic Lounge. Um, would you mind, we've kind of touched on it a bit already <laughs> in passing, but would you mind kind of giving a bit more of a summary, like what the Chicago Magic Lounge is and kind of what experience it offers? Yeah, I, there's this wonderful trend of these magic theaters opening up in the States. Um, you know, there's uh, CML is one of them, but, you know, of course, there's a magic castle. There's House of Cards. There's, you know, uh, there's uh, Mystique Dinings. They're offering really cool magic experiences. Uh, there's Smoke and Mirrors. There's there's all uh, Speakeasy Magic. There's all of these places that are that are doing these wonderful magic shows that are uh, you know, each doing it in slightly different of a way, which I, I think is the best part. So CML, Chicago Magic Lounge, is, you know, it's we, we always call it the theatrical representation of uh, a night at a magic bar in Chicago. Chicago has this vivid history of these, you know, these magic bars. And some of them were dive bars, some of them were nicer. But, you know, at CML, you come in and you the first thing you see is uh, a magician behind the bar doing you know chicago style bar magic mm. and then uh once the show starts you're led into the the cabaret and you see you know a, a bunch of close-up magicians swarming the tables you see a, a ton of really close-up magic chicago you know the close-up magic started out in shulians he would pull up a chair to the table sit down and he would join you at the table and do magic for you at the table mm. um and so then uh there's a, a featured act and a headliner act um, and then after that, there's also a close-up room. So if you upgrade your tickets, you can see even more magic in a, in a close-up formal environment. And so, yeah, it's, CML is just kind of this whirlwind experience. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds really cool. I mean, like, uh, I'm almost like getting the vibe for it just through like your own excitement and your voice. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this, mm -hmm. this sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so like, what is... I mean, you, I think you touched on it a little bit there, but like, what is, I, I looked at, I, I, I've read it myself on the website, but I'm sure you could give, maybe help me a little more understand, like, what is like Chicago style magic then? Uh, I think that's subjective, depending on who you ask. Uh, it's funny because I, I grew up in Texas, so I have no, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not a, a native of, of the land, but you know, the way I always just uh, saw it, I saw it as magic up close for the people at your table you know there's no barrier it's it's you right. joining the people where they're at right you sit down with the people instead of standing and hovering over them you know that that's kind of how i always felt chicago style magic to be just very personable very very uh amongst and for the people right like almost like you've come with them to the bar and you're just performing with them yeah you want it to feel like you're you're just friends you're just right. hanging out as friends yeah so i'm interested like i mean i've talked to a lot of magicians but like not so many that perhaps perform as much as you do because <laughs> i was looking on your website and i was like wow you're, you're a busy man when it comes to like performing <laughs> um so like what's that like i mean 
I'm guessing things. It seems like things are going back to normal with the with the bar, like you know, post COVID. Um, what's it like to kind of perform? You know, as a profession, not just like weekly, but you know, like almost at least five to six days a week. You know, <laughs> at some points. Uh, how? Yeah. Kind of, what, what's the lifestyle like? Uh, it can be tough to be to be frank. You know. Uh, especially at a, at a place like, you know, doing the castle all the time or doing uh, CML, you know, that's your, your nights are your, your life, right? So you, mm. every night you have to go out there and you have to do the show. Like it's the first time in the best time, right? You're, right. we, I always think you're, you know, you're only as good as your last show. So you have to bring that energy to every, every, every single performance, right? And so that can be draining. Uh, it can ask a lot, you know, to get that from an audience every night. Uh, the pandemic, you know, is really interesting because that's the first time in a long time that I didn't have that day to day, you know, you know, somebody clapping at me. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't right. really think about how that would really affect things, you know. And the virtual Zoom world was just kind of not for me. wasn't what I was interested in. I kind of used the time mm -hmm. to incubate and uh doing day-to-day -day shows like that it can it can be hard to keep your enthusiasm all the time right you know right. You, you constantly remind yourself that you're really lucky to do this and that you're really you know blessed to be in this situation but there are nights where you know it, it's it cannot be fun there are nights where it, it definitely right. feels like work and i think that's with anything but i think it's more about constantly reminding yourself of why you do it and and, and the joy you get from it uh when i did a lot of theater we always talked about shows that like fill your cup right you want to do enough shows mm -hmm. to fill your cup knowing that you're going to take some shows some gigs that are really going to empty your cup they're not going to be fun <laughs> you know they're going to definitely feel like right. work but then you do you know your passion projects you do the things that really fill your cup and and then those are the things that that give you longevity and that keep you going do you know what i mean by that yeah yeah i guess for you then like what are those things that fill your cup like what are the things that you really that give you that longevity um oh that's a great question when when we were first starting the lounge i i sat down with uh malone and he he mm. talked he talked to me about always finding something new and and specifically he meant in close-up uh finding you know just new beats or new jokes or new tags or finding one thing different about it every single time you do it and that way it's right. always you're always finding some discovery right and that'll keep things fresh it'll keep things interesting for you um doing close-up a lot you know you have your your core repertoire you know you have the things that you do all the time but you always want to you know maybe have one thing new that you're you're throwing in there and trying right just things to keep you interested things to keep you growing things to keep you you know motivated to do better shows do you know what i mean right. yeah yeah so it's it's kind of like throwing in those i guess like mixing around your routines or like just throwing in a, mm -hmm. a different effect or even just like a different beat i guess <laughs> like yeah sometimes you, sometimes you'll find a subtlety or you'll find a way of positioning your hand that it's more fooling or you you know somebody will give you a line and you're like that is the funniest thing i've heard all day and you'll write that down and now that became right. you know the perfect joke for that you know moment if this thing happens right and so you sort of kind of develop all of these uh, spider webs of ways that your tricks can go. Uh, and you have these responses or these, you know, variants or these ways of getting out. You, you have pathways that you can explore. 
And you only get right. that by doing it a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. When magic is theoretical, you you kind of envision one perfect pathway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I was thinking that's kind of like one one of the bonuses, right? Or I mean, not one of, but it is a bonus <laughs> to performing as much as you do. It's like things get pretty field tested pretty quick, right? It, <laughs> it's trial by fire. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, you have to. It's yeah. sink or swim. Yeah. Do you have any funny stories of uh, when you've either, when you've sunk <laughs> before? I'm sure you have many oh, as man. far as like when you perform a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, man, there's, uh, uh, I don't know how many are appropriate <laughs> to tell on podcasts. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll tell you though, whenever I have to do magic for a, a, like a child or like children, which I don't do very often, it throws me for such a loop because kids are way mm. smarter than drunk adults, in my opinion. <laughs> in my, yeah. Uh, because for a child, like the, the point from A to B is just a straight line, right? They just, they know it's in your other hand. Whereas like an adult yeah. will talk themselves out of how it could have been done. <laughs> like an adult has all right. of these preconceived notions of how they know the universe works. And so when you screw with them a little bit, they just, they don't know where, what to do with it. <laughs> so yeah. I'll say uh, doing that. Uh, I had, I just did a, a ton of shows in Nashville and mm. there was a, a woman who, who, uh, What's the nice way of saying it? Released her <laughs> her stomach fluids a couple times in the show. Nice, nice. Uh, and what do you you know? What do you do from that? Then you just <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just kind of keep going. <laughs> you just you just don't stop. Um, yeah, I mean, I try to live and forget. <laughs> That's the best thing about live shows, right? It's live all and forget. It's, it's all so temporary. <laughs> So if you have a bad night, well, there's tomorrow, man. <laughs> Go get them. Yeah. yeah, you've got enough memories as well that you can kind of just like put that one somewhere. It doesn't need to be remembered. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of funny because like, I had the same thing the other day where I was, I was performing and like I picked this kid out because she was like super chatty and I thought, you know, oh, I'll do this like four coins on her. And she just like, she just wrecked me. Like I, I did like this move and she's just like, oh, that's easy. And she picks up the coins and just like, this is how you did it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I, I totally, you were supposed to see that. That's why I'm actually going to move into this three card Monty. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Cut your losses and get out of there. Don't double down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yep. Got me. You're right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, sometimes people you know, will have their explanation and they don't care if it's correct or not. Right. Like right, they've got it. Right. So sometimes yeah. you have to just let them believe it. Or even if they, you know, double, sometimes you can double bluff somebody, say they nail the method and you go, yep, mm -hmm. exactly. I totally have this crazy thing that you think I have. <laughs> you double down and then they're like oh yeah i guess that would be ridiculous wouldn't it you couldn't have done yeah, that <laughs> i totally wouldn't have memorized an entire deck of cards yeah how bro. why would what? i have like pretended to shuffle for 10 minutes with a deck of <laughs> cards stupid. that i in theory knew all of the, <laughs> the positions of yeah i wouldn't have like deck swapped like 10 times that's freaking that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah freak. well that's fun so like i mean for you like i mean right now like this is just a purely selfish question. Um, but mm -hmm. when it comes to like building your routines and like building sure. like a set, um, like how do you, how do you go about that? Cause like, it's this hard thing where it's like, I know a lot of, I think that like a lot of magicians get stuck here. They're like, I have like 
500 penguin lectures you've developed some of your own stuff like you know a bunch mm. of crap but like putting it together to actually make it into something that like flows and has storyline is usually like a lot harder especially when like a lot of magicians are just like maybe a bit antisocial or you know <laughs> not exactly an extrovert sure. or whatever it might be it can be hard to actually like okay how do i make this like actually cool how do i make this like casual you know <laughs> um, i yeah, yeah that's a that's kind of a loaded question right i i think the thing that's most important to realize is that it's all mm. you know uh incremental none of it happens you know all at once right Right. It might take you three years to find that this one trick is like the perfect trick for you, but it might take you another couple of years to figure out where to put it in your show or, you mm -hmm. know, how to approach it or what method to use. You know, all of these changes happen over time. You know, it's so rare that I see, you know, somebody have an idea and execute it like immediately. You know, I see it from time to time, but it's pretty rare. But for a show, I, I, you have to one know what you like, what you want to make, right? You know, so when I'm developing material for the lounge, I have to to look at what kind of space it is. You know, I know that it's a nightclub. I know it's a nightclub audience. Mm. You know, I know that it skews toward adults. I know that it's a drinking atmosphere, right? So I, I take all of that in, into consideration. I I take into consideration, you know, the things that I want to achieve you know, maybe what kind of effects I want to do, or maybe what kind of callbacks I want to make. And, and for it, that specifically, you have to do all of that in, let's say 20 or 30 minutes, right? So that's a pretty quick amount of time to, to get a lot of ideas across. So you have to be effective. Um, yeah. And so I just, you, you find the things that call to you. And, you know, once you get 65% of a show, you know, 70% of a show, get out there and start doing it, right? Like yeah. only until you get in front of people will you really know what direction you want to take things. Because until then, it's all theoretical. You know, it's only right. the idea that this could work. You know, the audience might totally disagree and tell you that that trick sucks, right? Mm -hmm. That's a valid point. You yeah. just have to like, <laughs> you just have to get out there and do it. You. And the audience will tell you what they want and you'll figure out what you want over time. I think that's the best way to look at it. Yeah, I like that. It's funny how, because as magicians, sometimes we can kind of get this blindness to the point where we kind of, it's easy to forget like what actually makes a good trick when it's like, oh, this method is like so invisible, you know? And it's like, no, like no magician would know how I did this. And then you actually perform it and it's like not the best routine <laughs> for actual people to watch. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. I'm interested then, like, I mean, with doing, like, so much magic, like, all the time, like, do you still, is it still, like, do you still find time to, like, be a hobbyist about it? Or is it, is it become, like, really, like, professional for you at this point? No, you have to make the time for it to be a hobby. Um, mm -hmm. That's why you go to conventions, you know, that's why you session with friends, that's why you go see mm -hmm. any magic show you can, right? Uh, I, you have to make yeah. the time it, and it's, and it can be hard sometimes, especially when you're on a day to day, you know, like that, you have to, you have to make the time, you have to carve out the time knowing, well, I could be doing these five days of shows, but you know, I, I have to go see all of my friends at Magi Fest, for example, you know, right. I, I think that that can be really important. Yeah. I'm interested then. So outside of magic, um, what, other hobbies do you have time for what what do you enjoy outside of it Ooh, 
I love I love uh, vinyl records. Like I love going to the record store and mm. flipping through bins and collecting records. So fun. Yeah, uh, I'll probably do that. When we, uh, I collect a lot of new stuff, but I'm trying to fill my back catalog a little bit. Um, mm. uh, dude, I could walk over there. Uh, I, a lot of black <laughs> yeah. keys, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of Sinatra, a lot of a lot of jazz. Mm. Um, man. A lot of uh, Frank Turner, Ben Folds, uh, mm. yeah. Just I'm kind of all over the place. There's there's nothing I don't I don't like. I'm not a huge country fan, but anything else I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll deep dive into. Well, uh, strong words coming from a Texan. <laughs> I know. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, you, you're the one that grown that's grown up with that. <laughs> I know. You understand that better than anyone. <laughs> uh, trust me. Well, and yeah. I just did a, a ton of shows in uh, Nashville. Oh, well, there you <laughs> and go. It, and everything outside of House of Cards is a honky tonk. Yeah. So you just you walk down the street. You're in your your three piece suit walking down the street, surrounded by honky tonks and people like drunken tractors. <laughs> and then it's you a unique like experience. It's it's crazy unique. And then you walk down, and now you're in this like beautiful magic venue, and you're like, what in the world? <laughs> it's just a surreal experience. Yeah, it's kind of like that when we went to like Savannah. When I went to Savannah, not that, that in in Georgia, I was just like, "Oh, this is like this is very different." Because it's mm-hmm. kind of funny as like an English person, I went there to like kind of get some of the history, and I was sure. like, "Oh, this is a uh... yeah, it's it's a cool town." Um, anyway, complete tangent. Uh, I don't even know where we were, but that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I, okay. So vinyls. Like, I'm just interested. Like, obviously, like this is a magic podcast, so I mean, it can, can link back in some way. But it's like. What what do you find like I I feel like a lot of magicians I spoke to they they're like well like obviously I'm like I'm a person first like mm-hmm. magician second <laughs> so I'm interested like what inspires your magic that's like outside of magic you know well I have a a long love for the theater so mm-hmm. I I generally like more theatrical things um, so when I look for plots I I look for you know maybe more theatrical plots. Um, things that are easy to grasp onto, um, you know, I guess outside loves, I love, you know, old books. I really love, uh, magic books specifically. Hmm. So that's kind of, uh, one way I can maintain, uh, the hobbyist nature of it. Right. I love just diving into magic books and, and collecting magic books and just, you know, they're they're just such a you you learn a lot from a magician through their written work and so kind of like uh like a record where you can get a sense of an artist as a as a as a whole right you listen to music as a whole you can kind of form these frameworks of magicians as well i I find that kind of interesting um i guess for the show i don't know it's it's hard to pin right like generally Mm -hmm. i try to just find magic that I like and, and do it well, you know? And, and for yeah. me, it's always been kind of magic first. And I, I try to be likable and I try to be charming and then, you know, it'll kind of fall in place, but really I try to let just like a, a natural filter of the magic I like dictate, you know, kind of what it becomes. It's hard to kind of pin down what exactly it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously if the magic's inspired by you, it's like, it's hard to pin down like, <laughs> can't exactly be like what am what is ryan you know it's, it's a bit of a sure. difficult question and like you said if it, if it naturally progresses from your likes then i mean it's yeah maybe it's a bit of a uh yeah a 
a question that's not well and it's it's interesting also because yeah a lot of the the magic i do is in you know kind of a a quick format environment so you know i the lounge Mm -hmm. you do a lot of 20 minutes so you learn that you can share about yourself and you can put your life into your magic but also really you have to be effective right so it's this balance um choosing good strong magic doing it well and then trying to figure out how to to put yourself into it at least a little bit yeah where where did this hobby of uh, collecting like old magic books begin then that's kind of cool because i I always love going like little like secondhand bookstores and finding what magic books they have because they sometimes have some real gems but where, where did that start for you um, you know, I don't have like the, you know, the biggest collection, biggest in the world, collection. but I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I have a, I'm, I have a decent little stack of books. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I worked at a magic shop in, in high school and, you know, mm. you just, just kind of becomes this thing that starts accumulating. It, it's funny. Cause when I first started magic, when I was a kid, my dad just tried to get me to read magic books all the time. He's like, you know, the good stuff's probably mm. in those books. And like, I think my first book was uh, that Bill Tarr book, uh, Now You See It, Now You Don't. And mm. it's mostly like moves and, and manipulation stuff. And, and it's, a, it's a great, great book. Uh, but I, I, w- I just wanted to buy tricks and I wanted to, I was so obsessed with like the, the toy aspect of it. Like I wanted a yeah. new thing to play with, right? But it's funny, you know, as I got older, I'm like, man, he was right. Those books are like, that is where the good stuff is. Mm. They're, they're not joking around. This is, this is killer stuff. And so, I don't know. I just, I just started anything I could get my hands on and I could afford. I would, I would accumulate. <laughs> I'm still kind of that way. I briefly pause this podcast to give a shout out to the daily magician tapes collection. This is a growing collection of exclusive audio training and interviews with some of the world's best, including the magician that you're listening to right now. If you'd like to find out more about The Daily Magician Tapes, head over to thedailymagician.com slash tapes. That's thedailymagician.com slash tapes. We'll see you there. All right. <laughs> as far as like approaching reading magic books, because I mean, honestly, like personally, I find it quite hard. Like mm-hmm. and, and maybe, I don't know, like I know that it's not necessarily an excuse of like visual or whatever learner, but like I personally find some of it like, difficult sure <laughs> like how would you go about like approaching reading magic books to like actually get the stuff out of it because i sometimes find it like i'm like when i read like a new book i'm like yeah i don't know it'll have like a then do the backwards sideways whatever grab <laughs> and i'm like and it's like footnote like <laughs> i don't know like aaron fisher's you know book that i've never read i'm like sure. uh. <laughs> um but yeah I, well, I don't know, like how it's... yeah I, I well, it's I guess good to know that like you can read a book multiple times and you'll get something new out of it every time, right? I feel like uh, Drawing Room yeah. Deceptions, Hollingworth's book, is a book that I go back mm. to all the time, and every time I read it, I find something that I forgot or didn't remember knowing, right? Like I'm, I feel like I'm always finding new ideas or new gems in that book, and so sometimes mm. you're just not ready for an idea to strike you. You can read something and it won't click inside of you. So you read it four years down the line and, you know, it'll, it'll grab hold kind of like how it didn't before. Um, but when I read a lot of books, I, I read a lot of the descriptions and I skim a lot of methods, <laughs> which I, might be controversial, right. but I feel like I categorize <laughs> books in my head 
pretty specifically. Like I, I find the, the, the themes and the general methods and I kind of hold them in a bank until I know I'm going to need them until in my show, I'm like, Oh, I need this. Right. And then I go, Oh, well in this book, there was this idea. What was that? And so, you know, using books kind of as a reference, you know, I guess it's pretty rare to sit down and, and learn every trick from a book and be able to do it. And, you know, that's kind of a rare thing in magic, but, but especially in the current age, like, Resources like the Conjuring Archive are a godsend. Like Dennis Bear deserves every beer you can buy him. He is a genius. He is an animal. animal. You know, (laughs) I texted him the other day. I'm like, hey, this. And he goes, here. I'm like, there it is on the archive, right? And so I feel like I'm constantly scrolling the archive looking for for method because on the archive you can go down rabbit holes. So you can be like, okay, I like this trick. I like this aspect of a trick. And he's got you know, like subcategories. So it's like, it's an appearance. It's a one card appearance. It's a one card appearance on the front of the deck. Like you can kind of dive down in subcategories like that, subgenres, and you can find similar methods or you can say, I like this old trick. You know, is there a version of it with, you know, a wine glass or with a handkerchief? And so you can search these key terms and now you'll start finding book uh, tricks from books on your shelf that you don't remember reading <laughs> And then you're like, oh, I have that book. And you go pull it off the shelf and you read and you're like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Right. And so there's these tricks mm-hmm. that you can, you know, follow back to your own library and find these gems that you missed originally. You yeah, know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think reading books can be kind of a fluid experience. I like that. Like, I think I might, I might try that because I, 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 I read Principia once. I wanted to like get back into it again recently, and maybe I just need to like read through it like for fun, and then like you said, like highlight the ones that I really like, and then just like go back and like actually get down to the, like learning <laughs> the method. Man, the gem of the gem about Harapon is that it's all on video, so you could just yeah, watch so it nice. all and be like, what do I, uh, what am I, you know, pulled towards? What what looks like it would work for me? Yeah, it's a good call. Yeah, he's an animal. He is an animal and such a nice guy as well. I really like him. I really like him. Uh, I met, he's going to, I don't know if he'll kill me. Uh, we, Har, I met Harapon. <laughs> he was in Chicago once and some, one of my friends texted mm-hmm. me. I don't remember who it was. And they were like, hey, uh, there's this guy. He needs a couch to crash on for a couple of days. And I go, okay, sure. He can stay on my couch. Nice. It turns out it was Harapon. So we're in this, <laughs> you know, this little tiny, my first apartment in Chicago. And we're just like up all hours of the night jamming on card tricks. And, oh, and he came back to Chicago and did uh, the like a really, really early phase of the Chicago Magic Lounge. He did a show for us. And yeah, he's he's the best. Yeah, it's like these people that like like him and like Dennis Burr and like all the and like I think Harling as well. Actually, no, I think Harling's full time. But these people that are just like they're just like part-time insane magicians mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just like what the freak like like same with like dennis bird it's like the fact that it's like not his full-time gig but like sure the archive is as big as it is it's just insane well <laughs> i mean there there's some variables to that right like when you're working a lot it can be hard to change things you know mm. when you when you have your whole show built around six tricks you know it can be awfully hard to pull one of those tricks out and replace it all the time right 
So, yeah. so sometimes you're kind of locked into doing the things that you know have to work to, you know, because they have callbacks and there are these other reasons why you have to do it this way. Whereas, you know, when you're doing it part time, even or even hobbyist or as an amateur, it's it's for the love of it, right? You can build a thirty minute set of just magic that you love doing, and get to do it and do it great. But there's there's a whole lot less, you know, permanence to it which I love. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I'm interested. I mean, obviously you've written three books yourself. If I'm correct. Um, and so, I mean, it seems like you've read a lot, <laughs> so you know what it takes to write a good uh, magic book. Where, where did kind of this idea of like writing a book first start and where did you find the time? I mean, this is, there's three books now, right? So, I mean, it's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, I, I wrote a set of notes, and then I've written two books uh, outside of that. Um, mm. it, that's a great question. Yeah, because it's a good question. Books are endless work. They're, they're right. endless. Um, and I don't consider myself the best at it. You know, I, I consider them learning, uh, learning experiences and, and just mm. things that I think are really fun and wanted to, to put my hand in. Um, I'm glad that anybody reads them, to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of them. Mm. Um, it, it was mostly just from a wanting to, to share. Um, I feel often I don't get to share material in that, in that way. You know, growing up at conventions, it was all about sharing and, and, and you know, trading and giving and, and, and practicing new things. And so it was just my wanting, my willingness to want to to, to write down some of the things that I had been really working on. Um, like uh, the, the stripper deck book came out of uh, uh, college, really. I When I graduated high school, uh, Brian O'Neill, he's a Texas magician, he made this, uh, he called it the line low card cutter back in the day. Mm. But he gave me one of those as like a graduation present. Uh, and so I just got obsessed with like, modifying decks of cards, making short cards and making Svengali's and strippers. And, and at the same time I was working at that magic shop. So I was constantly uh, doing pitches. I was, you know, selling stripper decks and selling Svengali decks. And so I just kind of <laughs> obsessed over just what you could do with a stripper deck. And so in college, when I was, you know, focusing on theater, you know, I, I kind of could let that ruminate in the back of my mind. And that's about the same time that uh, the, pebble convention started happening uh lance pierce's get together and i remember in i don't know what the year was 2013 maybe was the first one it was in oklahoma city and i i knew some people i came and i i showed some of the tricks i was playing with with the stripper deck and it just kind of took people by surprise i showed feldman that's where i met michael feldman i showed him a trick and it just destroyed him and so for the next couple of years, we just started, you know, trading ideas and, and, you know, writing them down and sharing them back and forth. We did it all on a, a Google doc. And then eventually we we're like, you know, this is kind of good. We should consider sharing this. And it just kind of, it formed from that, right? It, it became this, this thing that we wanted to share. And so, you know, the book after that was kind of the same example of that. It's just like, I like this, this feeling of sharing things that I really care about, you know, not a book, uh, you know, I'm no harpon. I, I, I don't have a book of 60 tricks, but I wanted to share a, you know, a very pared down uh, book of, you know, the things that I really cared about at the time of writing it. Right. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, that's what it comes. That's where it comes from. That's cool. There's so, also the realization that yeah. nobody will write down your stuff for you. Right. Right. So, <laughs> so if you want to share, you have to kind of do it yourself these days. Yeah, that makes sense. What is it about sharing magic that you enjoy then? About sharing method, I guess. Uh, it's the community of it. I think, you know, the the magic lounge especially has taught me how the importance of like ensemble and right. you know working with magicians and there's there's a lot of magicians who kind of snark at performing for each other or don't like it but yeah. we're all you know we all like magic you know we all want to just see good magic so i love the idea of working with other magicians to share good magic i, I think that's you know what we should all aspire to yeah i like that it's kind of yeah it, it's cool to see people share and see like the community grow and see all these kind of like new books especially coming out of vanishing ink because they produce so much good stuff and like make a, mm -hmm. a really nice car i mean like the books they make are just gorgeous i mean i don't know if that's your design but um distilled it especially just looks like especially with all the pictures they've got with it with whiskey I and mean, it does help um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah a gorgeous book <laughs> yeah me and my uh friend james murphy from college shout out james uh, he's done a, a ton of photography work for me in the past and he just has a wonderful vision. And then, uh, we took the photos and the text and Andy, uh, laid it all out and designed the cover and, and kind of made it a, a package. And so it's, you know, oh, that's cool. it's just, it's this big team thing, you know, one book can have a lot of hands in it. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, that makes sense, right. That you would enjoy that. Cause I mean, coming from this theater place, right. Where being like a, a tacky and like, you know, where it's, everyone together if i can i don't know if it's the right note of term is techie but that's what we always called them when i did theater but um just like coming from that place and like producing this ensemble performance right it's kind of cool how you at least to me i'm seeing like this pattern throughout everything right it's like <laughs> that's what you enjoy like the process of coming together and building an experience and it's cool that you've got that in the chicago lounge because you get to share with other magicians and then you've had that in your books and i don't know I, it's i guess would you say that's something that's important for you just kind of like this combined process of creation yeah i think so i th i think that's a thing that theater really taught me is just the importance of team and collaboration you can't you can't do any of that without a, a, a huge team of people and so you know sometimes doing magic it well, in theater it's it's easy for me to kind of step back and be the least important person in the room you know i don't need to be the center of attention all the time sometimes it kind of terrifies me uh and so you know yeah doing magic in community can can help that sometimes there are there are times where i'll do shows and i just have you know crazy imposter syndrome and you're like me why do you guys why why are all of you here to see me mm. you're like it's humbling <laughs> it's super humbling but you know it's kind of you can disconnect from it a little bit so i, I right something about doing magic for people in chicago you know amongst friends it's just really comforting it's really rewarding there's something to that i really like you know yeah yeah it makes sense and i guess like so going forwards i mean <laughs> where do you see yourself i guess in like or like five or ten years i mean like what are your goals with magic going forwards oh man what a loaded question uh <laughs> sorry about that i know like what was i thinking uh i well the first i'm just excited to do magic again you know the moment mm. i could get my vaccine i got it and i hit the road you know yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah. i'm just like i'm i've had so much pent-up energy that i'm 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 ready to like i'm, I'm glad it's finally getting to release again right. and so the, i mean the pandemic kind of taught me that like 
no matter what you plan for, you know, you'll kind of follow the roller coaster and the roller coaster will take you where it's going to take you. And so I think mostly I'm just, I'm trying to be open to following experiences and trying new things and, and kind of growing the, uh, and, uh, ramping up the amount of magic I can do for the most amount of people I can do it for. So I think I'm getting to that point in my magic. That's cool. So what is it about performance that you really enjoy then? Like, I mean, I know that there's a lot of different kind of like, I mean, you've read a lot of magic books, right? So there's a lot of different like ideas behind like performance and why we perform and whatever, but what, what is it really for you that you enjoy about performance? I well, it's, I guess it's kind of the same thing I, I like about art in general. It's like, I like being in the room with the person making the thing. So it's like the, the reason I really like concerts or the reason I really like live theater, right? The reason I really like magic. Right. You're, you're in the room for this one really specific time to see this incredible thing, right? This thing that we've all, you know, planned for weeks to do, but we're doing it right now. And here's when it's happening, right? There's something really beautiful to that. And so that's kind of, you know, I've probably already strayed away from the question, but uh, <laughs> there's something to that I, no, I really good. like. <laughs> yeah, I think almost so just like that sharing and creating an experience for people then, would you say? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of, of summing it up into something that isn't Ryan Plunkett babble. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, it's interesting because my, my dad, uh, made movies when I was younger and we talk about it a lot together and he loves magic. I mean, he's not a magician himself, but he always did little like coin tricks for me as a kid and such. And mm -hmm. whenever we watch magic, he's like, Oh, like, do you know how that's done? And like, I want to figure that out. And yeah, he just loves it. And like, and also loves being completely fooled as well. Um, but it's interesting. Cause like, I think it's the same reason that he loves filmmaking and also theater. Cause my family's really into theater as well. It's mm -hmm. like just giving people an experience like outside of their own, you know, letting them just experience something different and you know it's just fun at the end of the day right <laughs> i guess same with theater yeah for sure i mean yeah there's something really nice about it yeah i don't know where, I don't it know where i'm going doesn't, with this, ha but. doesn't have to be anything specific right <laughs> it's just fun <laughs> it feels good and it, and it helps well and <laughs> you know i i've been a rather introverted human throughout my life and so sometimes mm. it's nice to have an excuse to interact right there's something really nice yeah. about that yeah, you know a, cool. places like these magic theaters they're really good date spots because it allows you to like be with the person experiencing this thing together right you're not like staring blankly at a movie screen but you're you know you're experiencing a new thing together so it's nice to have you know, this, this mechanism that gives you the opportunity to give this thing to, to people that you wouldn't have talked to otherwise, or, or met, you know, in a different circumstance, something to that also that, that really appeals to me being able to have this, you know, vehicle to, to share experiences with people. That's nice. That's rewarding in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess like it's new people, well for the most part it must be pretty unique different people each night i'm sure you have regulars but um it must be fun to just like you must meet such different personalities right then part of that socialization must be really interesting uh, oh yeah the pe the people watching is excellent yeah <laughs> well and and the great thing is you're right you know you get people that you'll you'll never meet again so like 
their whole experience of you is, you know, this, this 20 minutes and they'll have that memory of you hopefully for a long time. Right. Right. Maybe they'll forget what you did, but they'll have how you made them feel or maybe a thing that you achieved or, you know, something that happened that night. Yeah. Cool. Well, I really like that. Um, I think that's a, that's a pretty happy note to, to end things on. Hopefully people will remember <laughs> this this podcast for a while, uh, that it wasn't too much of a mess uh, from my questions. Um, that is my hope as well. Yes. Um, just to finish out, of course, I mean, we've already talked about Distilled, and I know that you also have um, uh, a magic, uh, a um, coin purse, right, um, that you're promoting right now or just recently came out. Just is there oh, anything yeah. else you like to promote? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, I, I mm. wrote a book with Feldman called a new angle. Those are still available. Uh, I cool. did a book for vanishing Inc. called distilled. You can still get that. That's still available. Uh, I did a, a designed, uh, a coin purse with Brent Braun. So you can go pick up the Brent Braun FPS coin purse. It's very cool. I highly recommend it. Uh, I got some other stuff that I'm, I'm, you know, working on in, in the background, mm. nothing quite ready to announce yet, but. Yeah, my my head's kicking. The ideas are turning. I'm just I'm pumped to get out there and do shows, and I wish everybody else the same luck. I hope everybody can go do magic for real people again soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome, man. Um, and if people want to contact you and like you want to ask you questions, where should they go? RyanPlunkett.com. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much, man. It's been a real pleasure. Um, yeah, I, I really this enjoyed your answers. And, uh, Thanks I, for the invite. I learned a lot. <laughs> so I mean, uh, if nothing else, that that happens, so that's good. <laughs> um, if nothing else, we became friends today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's one of those moments. It wouldn't have happened any other way, right? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, it's good. All right, cool. Well, I guess we'll we'll close it out there. Awesome. Thanks okay, so much. Thanks so much.